Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a, we have a bye week show here, you four. We're gonna maybe hand out grades, maybe not, because that's bullshit. But you know, grades are fun. Uh, we're gonna do a lot of stuff. Let me just introduce you to the panel and get started. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So I missed you guys last week. We missed you, but the fun of for me of not being on the show is that I actually listen to it because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. So I never listen to it, but um, getting to listen to it as a fan is super fun. And I was shoveling snow and hearing bill just in the most dejected voice say, why does this keep happening to us? Is like tattooed on my soul. So good <laughs> it job, was fam. I don't remember. What was it even in reference to? I actually don't remember either, but it, it, it was just like, so like pure and just out of nowhere. <laughs> but it was, Yeah. It summed up everyone. It really is just this team in a nutshell, at least, especially over the past like five or six years. It's just been the the issue with following this team is that you're just like, why? why? Yeah. Not, first off, why does this keep happening? Secondly, why am I still like all in with it this team? It was probably San- the Manning, Sandheim Might stuff. That's my guess. Might have been. Something like that. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Okay. We've all kind of stopped complaining over the last couple months about Andrew McDonald. And I think it's primarily because we're all just kind of sick of complaining about Andrew yeah. McDonald. Like we, we've we've already expressed our frustration for for who he is and his contract and everything. Like I think we're all just tired. It's all right, let's focus on the coach. Let's focus on the middle six. Let's focus on the back end of the defense. McDonald, whatever, he's got to play there. However, I want to make the point that just because we're not yelling about Andrew McDonald does not mean that he's playing well. No. His his advanced metrics are still god-awful. Like, he's still the worst play-driving defenseman on this team. He's still getting played on a role that's way above his skill set. And the Flyers would still be better served parking him in the AHL for the remainder of his contract if they've determined that literally no one will trade for him. Just because we're not yelling about him does not mean that he's having a better year, because I've seen that pop up sometimes on Twitter. And granted, 
at the start of the year, he was okay. But ever mm-hmm. since he's come back from an injury, he's been the old Andrew McDonald all over again. And we, we really should try not to lose sight of the fact that he's not gotten better. He's still AMAC. I will never, ever lose sight of that. <laughs> no, I, I've said multiple ever. times that Andrew McDonald's the least of my concerns at this point. But it's just because I've exhausted all possible <laughs> Like, he does the stuff I was complaining about him doing two years ago. He's going to continue to do it. as a content producer i can't just keep doing it it's just i i I can't it's like hitting yourself over the head (laughs) at some point you just got to accept he is who he is but i just want to make sure that people realize that the fact that we're not complaining about him constantly does not mean that he's gotten better in the beginning of the year before he got hurt i will say not that he was playing well but he was playing above the level that we were complaining about before yeah i would agree with that seemed better than he was when we thought he was the worst player ever Last but certainly not least, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Licious D, Steph Driver. I can't, I cannot let it go unsaid one more time that you called for Tyrell Goldborn to be called up <laughs> and it happened as soon as we finished recording. Like, it's amazing. Ron Hexel, big fan of the show. As ha- soon as we finished recording, we had not left the studio yet. We're, we're standing around. I have Bill typing up the, the summary yeah. for... Um, SoundCloud and I see the notification come in on my phone and the, my only reaction was to look at him and ask him if he was ready to shit his pants. And I really, because <laughs> on that show, I talked about how, because I'm not going to get Limblom, because I'm not going to get Vecchioni, because I'm not going to get Martel, just give me the dude <laughs> who fucks people up. And, well, you got him. And, and when, when and you first showed that. me the notification, I just saw like, oh. You asked if it was real. Flyers <laughs> have been called. And I just assumed it was Limblom because he's like scoring and playing really well. And why yeah. wouldn't they want Yeah, why would they want that, that, that would make too much sense. <laughs> no, no. And then I actually read it and it was Goldborn. And I thought it was like a joke that someone like photoshopped up. Yeah. <laughs> like someone who was listening to the show live. That's what I thought And too. that's why I just have to say this week to Tyrell Goldborn specifically you're welcome. <laughs> you got to play in the NHL because uh, I like to troll, and apparently, so does Ron. <laughs> he's literally, I, I was, he's literally on the Facebook live, like, so, hey, that ain't a bad idea. <laughs> I was so bummed that he didn't get to play against the Islanders. Like, they knew exactly what kind of game it was going to be, and it turned like there were three fights. It was a physical grinding game. Oh yeah. And he didn't get to play like, ah, that sucks so bad. But also what that shows you is that, so they call him up to add energy and then he doesn't play in the game where they add energy. Maybe it wasn't necessary to call up the guy to add energy to or, add energy. Or just his, his just name. the threat of it. Yeah. Oh, they were okay. like, oh my God, they're bringing up this guy who probably <laughs> isn't of NHL caliber because we come out flat 50% of the time. They have some amazing performances. We're going to get to some of them. We've seen them recently. But then sometimes they're just like, nah, not tonight, guys. And, you know, that happens in an 82-game season, but, like, twice in two weeks is not good when that happens. So let's get into it. Uh, This is the bye week. Uh, We talked a little about bye weeks on the uh, Patreon show on uh, Ice Sport Radio, and if we're for or against them. But now the Flyers, the Flyers actually came at a good time. It's basically almost exactly the halfway point. How are we feeling during this bye week? What are we feeling about the team at the halfway point? Open discussion, guys. Fire Hackstall, thanks. <laughs> They're tied for eighth in points percentage in the Eastern Conference, uh, ahead of Pittsburgh and the Islanders in the Metro. That's, I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> it's, I mean, they're not good. It, foundationally, they're not a good team. 
but they're not a bad team. They're just exactly what we thought they were. Borderline playoff team, bubble team. They're exactly what the talent dictates, basically. I, I also wouldn't go as far as to say they're not a bad team because I think that they are. I I, I don't think they're a bad team. No, they're a middling I, team. I mean, they're... They're actually, by some measures, they're in a playoff spot. Like, technically, they're not because the Penguins have, I believe, more points. But the Penguins have played two more games. The Flyers have a better points percentage than them. They're tied with the Hurricanes, who uh, have the exact same points percentage, but the Flyers have more regulation wins. So they're technically above them. So I don't know if I can call a team that ha- that is technically, in a lot, in many ways, in a playoff spot in what might be the best division in hockey, a bad team. I certainly would call them a good team, but I don't think I can I can call them a bad team. Yeah, I think it's very important to note that the Flyers are ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes right now. They are. <laughs> yeah. They are. I, it's, it's always important to note they're ahead of the Carolina yeah. Everybody's oh, wonder God. team, those Carolina you know, Hurricanes. People being obsessed with the Hurricanes is annoying, but people being obsessed about how bad they are is even more annoying. <laughs> I think we're just specifically trolling Eric, though. <laughs> Eric doesn't listen. That's I know. <laughs> no, but the, just the idea that like everybody's sexy pick. Everybody, oh, this is the Carolina. Watch out for them. And they're exactly what they been like they're they're okay they're nothing special i mean i think it's more funny they're ahead of pittsburgh yeah even though like inevitably pittsburgh will probably pass the flyers but yeah. for now it's fun i don't know man pittsburgh is imploding in a very dramatic way and in a very entertaining way yeah i just always expect that it's going to go against the flyers and the easiest way for things to go against the flyers just is for things, things well, to go, go well in the way the of pittsburgh yeah uh, they're four two and oh since christmas 420 nice uh, <laughs> they've had three of their wins tampa bay st louis and the islanders all good games fun games flyers played well they the, also played florida and pittsburgh God, in that stretch the islanders are Kinda. jesus just what are they bad they're bad and and they're flailing so goaltending is the story of the islanders and it's bad it's probably worse than the story of of historical philadelphia goaltending that was uh charlie you hit me up on on twitter when uh Konechny scored that goal on on oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that looked like an nhl shot <laughs> <laughs> not against an nhl goalie though it's yeah. funny with the islanders though because and we'll go we'll get into the flyers again in a second but like the islanders have matt barzell who's dramatically exceeding expectations they have josh bailey who apparently decided this year he was randomly going to become really really good and they still are worse than the flyers and Tavares is kind of like regained. I, maybe he never lost it, but he looks more like the MVP player we expect he's him to just, be. He's still Tavares. Like, yeah. I think he just kind of got hurt by the fa- he. He was kind of like what Giroux was like two or three years ago before like he went into that dip. Yeah. Where it's like, well, Giroux's still Giroux. It's just that everybody yeah. else on the team sucks. And it kind of the same thing happened with Tavares. Yeah, like Giroux likes to pass and no one on the team scores. So <laughs> I guess his point total is going to go down but, a little uh, bit. And the fly, like, like I, they're 4-2-0 since Christmas. Do you think that this is the team that's going to make that second half run that I expected them to make? So, like, I hate the bye week in general, but I hate it a lot this year because the Flyers were finding themselves in a little bit of a groove there. And then, boop, no, put the brakes on. Of course they don't get some sort of break like this yeah, in the during middle the of November. Ten, yeah, right. Uh, that would have been nice. But, but they win we'll, three in a row. Would we have wanted that, though? Like, kind it's, of. it's easy to say that, but... Would yeah, you, shut that shit down. Would you have really yeah. wanted in the middle of seven-game losing streak getting five days to think about the fact that you're <laughs> on a seven-game losing streak? I wouldn't. <laughs> Instead of five months? <laughs> I mean... 
I don't know. Like I, I'd rather. I mean, I don't. I don't think any of this really matters in the grand scheme of things. If you can't come out after a break when the other team you're playing is also coming after a break, that you're, in my opinion, even though it's the Devils and they're ahead of the standings, like the Flyers are a better team than the Devils. If you can't go out there and play pretty well against them. That's your own damn fault. You can't blame the bye week. You can't blame momentum. You have to go out there and play well. You have no excuse. How about the coach? <laughs> can I can I blame the coach? But uh, like so so the, what's what the problem for me is is that it's still a team that's playing Brandon Manning over Travis Sanheim. It's still a team that's playing Andrew McDonald over Travis Sanheim. Like this is still a flawed team with a flawed process. They're playing God. Who who is who's Goldborn in for? And Yuri Laterra. They play Lear. Lear. Yeah, I mean like, like Lear, what? who's done nothing. He's okay, nice but he's guy. better than Yuri Laterra. I guess. No, that's that's absolutely concrete. He is better than Yuri Laterra. All right. Like. I'm better than Yori Laterra. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I, I am, and I'm just, significantly smaller. She might be. We're talking about significantly like, smaller. Significantly smaller. We're talking about the twelfth forward. I'm not worried about the twelfth forward. Well, you I'm should really be because not. you need you need twelve guys. If, if it's go, if it's going to be a team that you want to succeed, and if it's going to be a team that is trying to roll four lines, which I I don't believe Hackstall has any interest in doing. No, you need to you need to care about all twelve guys. You need to give a shit. Yeah, so to Steph's point, to take it back to the Goldborn call up. Goldborn? Goldborn? Goldborn. Goldborn? Yes. Okay. I, no D. I don't. Goal, but yeah. not ghoul. Yeah. Right. I, I say it both ways. So do I. It comes out different every time. And, you know, it's just a party. We'll see. Okay. So to take it back to that and the fact that this team has a flawed process, they called him up to fill a role that they decided they needed to have on this team. Instead of icing the 12 best forwards. We have predetermined roles into which players have to fit. That is stupid. Sure is. And it's not going to get us where we want to go. So until that's fixed, no matter what happens this year, we're going to have a problem long-term. Well, that's, yeah. that's a GM thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a top a to bottom thing. front office that's, situation that we got to talk about. That's a mentality that you need role players and there's only certain guys that can fill certain roles and fuck talent. Yeah, that's, no. that's an organizational philosophy that I don't agree with. I, I mean, I can see both sides of this. Like on one, Charlie, on, both sides. That's me. But on, on, on one side, like I, yeah, I don't like, I don't particularly love the process they're using, but I do agree with Bill in that, you know, Starting Tyrell Goldborn over Taylor Lear is more annoying than impactful. It doesn't really have a major well, impact on whether the team wins and loses. Again. I'm sorry. What has Taylor I mean, Lear would, ever done? No, no, no. I mean, I would agree with that. Like AHL that, All-Star Game MVP? But this is like, the kind of thing that gets us in trouble, though. This is the kind of thing. In a vacuum, you're right. That doesn't make a difference. But that mentality, the mentality that leads to you calling up a guy like Goldborn over a more talented guy because you've decided that the fourth line needs a tough energy grit guy. That's a problem. It's not good. It, it, it isn't good. But I, I think you can believe that the Flyers aren't optimized while also thinking that maybe they can make the playoffs. As long as well, Dale Weiss is truly one of the 12 best forwards, which he is right now, I'm not worried about the, like, that's just, they don't have enough guys. I mean, they, Like I said, they're not going to give us Limblom yet. They're not going to give us Vecchioni. They're not going to give why, us Martell. Because they're not, quote unquote, ready. I know, so but, that, not, because but that's of the, the organizational yeah, philosophy right. that is failing. Or they're just not. No, no. 
No, no, they're, they're ready. Like how many <laughs> Mike Vecchioni games have you watched that you know he could be your third line, fourth line center? It's a really far fucking drive to Allentown, so not a lot. <laughs> However, I can look at the score sheets and I can see what they're doing down there. And if you think, if you think that they, for example, we called up Goldborn because in a contract year we got to see what the kid can do. Why don't we see what somebody else can do? Somebody who scores goals in the AHL. You know, you know who also is in a contract year? Oh. Sam Moran. Oh, maybe we should see what he can. Well, he's always hurt, but he's in a contract year. He's coming back soon, allegedly. One thing that does interest me, though, with regards to like the rest of the year is even before the season started, Bill, you had said that you expected this team to play better in the second half. So young. So like. Do we still believe that's going to happen? Because I I could see it. It does make some sense that you have you have Nolan Patrick does seem to be trending upwards. Grant, Mm -hmm. he was coming from like the bottom of the Grand Canyon, but he's trending upwards. He's playing better than he was at his worst, which is good. Connectney's trending upwards. I, I mean, Ghost is trending upwards. There's a lot of younger guys in the scene that seem to be trending upwards. So to me, the question is, you know, do we expect that that's going to continue? Because if it does, if the young guys keeps trending upwards, this team will, you know, despite the best efforts of the coaching staff and the general manager, will start to win more games. I mean... You have Giroux and Voracek both having ba- huge bounce-back years. You have Sean Couturier already surpassing, like, career highs and everything. You have what I have said, what I said last year. If they got competent goaltending, which for the most part they've yeah, had they've this season. They've got competent goaltending, absolutely. Yeah, they've had that for the most If they had competent goaltending last season, they're in the playoffs with all their flaws. Gostas Bear is, what, top three in defensive scoring, more power play points than any defenseman. Ivan Provorov, except for a couple of bumps recently, awesome. He's Provorov. He's the number one defenseman. You're getting all this plus the goaltending. This should be a playoff team if the guys who have been not producing at all, like Jordan Wheel, all of a sudden he looks good because that Patrick Simmons wheel line starting to come around. Scott Lawton, you're starting to get... Even more out of him. That's great. It looks like a team that's really coming around despite a couple of flaws. And we're going to get into that. Yeah, my biggest question. like I, you know, Dale Weiss is going to play, whatever. Goldborn, yeah. Lear, Laterra. It really doesn't matter. It's the 12th guy. They don't have one because they're not going to bring up those players I mentioned. Why is Brandon Manning playing over Travis Sand? That's the Christ. one thing. I already yelled about thing that. thing I can't wrap my mind around. It makes no sense. Brandon Manning is a seventh defenseman at best in this league. Because of those predefined roles we talked about. They've decided they need a veteran, which for some reason they've determined that Brandon Manning is. He qualifies, right? I guess technically. Um, <laughs> because he's bad. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so they've just decided that they don't need a a flashy offensive defenseman who's good at hockey. They need a role-playing leader who is good and has poise and leads in the room or whatever the fuck Brandon Manning does. I don't exactly know, but yeah, that, yeah, it goes back to that. You ever notice like Voracek and Giroux and Simmons and Couturier, these guys aren't referred to as veterans. Yeah, because they're good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You have an actual skill set you can point to with those. You're no longer a veteran. You're just not a veteran. You're just a hockey player. You're just a good player. Yeah. Yeah. But Andrew McDonald, Brandon Manning, veterans. He brings that veteran presence. (laughs) Blue guys. It's it's sort of like how with Goldborn when they called him up and Hextall got. I I was in this scrum. Hextall gets out in front of everyone and is like, "Well, Goldborn can actually play hockey." 
And it's like, okay, if you have to go up in front of the media and say that the guy you called up can actually play hockey, like there's a problem here. And and it goes, it's the same thing with the veterans. Like if, if your justification for why a guy who isn't performing should be in the lineup is, well, he's a veteran, like that's not sufficient. Yeah, that's not a reason. That's not good enough. Because they, as you said, there are veterans on this team who are actually good and they don't, when, when you when you wonder, okay, well, why is he in the lineup? It's not, well, because he's a veteran. It's because he's a good player. If your only justification for why a guy should be in the lineup is he's a veteran, it's not good enough. You need, you need to actually have a real reason. But Didn't you call Goldborn actually decent or yeah, something? Well, kind know, of he's not that super bad. No, praise. I do believe that he maybe has a bad rap because no one wanted to draft him. I mean, you look at some of the guys drafted after him in that third and fourth round. Uh, what was it, 2012, 2013, something like that? He's not as bad he's as, as, as bad people, as people no, 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 want to no, believe, no. but he's yeah. still not. Like, there's no reason to believe that he's NHL caliber. No, and he's not, but he's not like a Zach Ronaldo goon. And I think that's the reputation yeah. that he's had. He's all. He like you look at even Brandon Manning had a 250 penalty minute season in the AHL. He is not that. Goldborn no. is like a PIM a game guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, if he plays 82 games, he might get near 100. He'll have like around 80, 85, 90. But he's not just going around cross checking people in the face, biting people's ears off, doing all the shit that Zach Ronaldo does on a regular basis. No, the problem is that he lacks in talent and spent right. a significant amount of time in the ECHL last year. Like not even the AHL because he wasn't good enough to cut it in the AHL last year. Like yeah. he's that, having that's a where decent year in the AHL this year. He's I mean, playing it's, it's pretty okay. well. It's okay. It's not it's he's like, grind, this is his role at every level. He's never gonna score. He is basically Taylor Lear, but can fight. Yeah, but he's yeah, basically the same guy. No, he's no. not because the difference between Taylor Lear and Tyrell Goldborn is that Taylor Lear could score at the AHL level. But not here. Neither, neither of them are ever going to score but, here. But, I mean, well, how do you know Lear, that? I mean, at least there's, some a, there's a possibility. He does. There's a possibility what, that Taylor four? Lear could score yeah. at the NHL level. I see no possibility that Tyrell Goldborn, Goldborn would score at the NHL level. Because if he didn't score at the AHL level, how can you expect him to score against bigger, better players? I don't, and I don't need him to. Well, that's, well, I need that's, the that's other like, three lines to score. No, you, you, you want need all to. four no. lines to score. That's, uh, yeah, I want I want Sidney Crosby and John Tavares and Patrick Kane and all. Like, I want every superstar in the league. But you can't do you, that. But, it's impossible. I can't, but I can't you, have this conversation you, with you, you because it's absolutely ridiculous. You can, though. You, yeah, you, you can. can have a fourth line that scores <laughs> if you fill it with players who score. And I'm not talking about players that, you know, I don't want Jake Voracek on the fourth line because, yeah, obviously, if you build a team of, like, the, the, the 12 best hockey players he'd be on your fourth line if you fill it with guys who can score in the ahl yeah you're not going to if you score at a set 0.75 points per game pace in the ahl you're not going to score at a 0.75 per point per game pace in the nhl you might score at a 0.3 per game pace in the nhl which is better than goldborn who may score at a 0.05 percent point per game pace in the would NHL. you rather have jason Ackerson? Than Tyrell Goldborn. Yes. Why is that that's a choice nuts. I have to make? 100%. Because that's what you're talking about. I mean, we may as well, no, then Bill, we may as well bring back Chris, Chris Vandevelde because yeah. that was his role and he didn't have to score any goals. But he like, that is the most fucking ridiculous but he argument wasn't that you've good made. At that role. Maybe this guy is age. good. How do you know? He's played two games. Because you have no fucking idea if he's good or not. He was not good enough to play in the lower league last year. Yes, so you're telling He was. No, the fuck he wasn't. He was in the ACHL. He was not good enough to play in the AHL. 
Phantoms so he, were just good. They so you're telling stacks. me that he because he wasn't year. he wasn't good enough to play in the in the AHL and a good team in the AHL, he's good enough to play in the NHL. That's horse shit. Yeah, in a it's role, horse in a specific shit. role. It is horse. That's shit. not an argument. I'm sorry. It, I know it is because he would have had the same role in a good team in the AHL, and he wasn't good enough. They just had. He wasn't good enough. They just did other things. It was a developmental league. They're moving guys. So he wasn't good enough to be developed. Year in the AHL. It's not like he played 80 games in the ECHL. I said the majority of the season. I didn't say the whole season. Yeah, he played a lot in the AHL last year, and he played the full season this year until he got called up. He's a decent enough fourth liner. If you're going to play somebody six minutes a game, you might as well be someone who can headbutt somebody. But that's the thing. If he's a decent enough, and I will acknowledge he is a decent enough fourth liner. In the AHL. Yeah. If he's a decent enough fourth liner in the AHL, he's probably going to be a shitty fourth liner in the NHL because the competition's harder. So why don't you use a guy who's a good second liner in the AHL and turn him into a fourth liner? Because maybe if he's a great second liner in the AHL, he could be a good fourth liner in the NHL. Because guys who are good second liners in the AHL, you're still trying to figure out what their role is. No matter what level Goldborn plays at, this is his role. No, but the, there but, will be no. But his role shouldn't exist. There Why? It's a it bullshit is. role. There Why? It because is. it has no value. If, he, if he's getting outshot and outscored, if the team is getting outshot and outscored when he's on the ice, what value does he bring? How do you Energy? Know how Energy? Do you, yes. It's fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. It's a real thing. Just because you can't count it doesn't mean it's not a real thing. <laughs> Total I'm sorry. Oh, Guys well, play well. with energy. It's been a part of the league for a hundred years. You know who plays with energy? Brandon Gallagher. Brandon Gallagher also scores. You can If you play with energy... Go and get you, him and, and you, you can replace Goldborn. And you provide... A team that's value. Flat. When I see a team that's flat 50% of the time, I think, how can I fix this for a couple games? Bring this guy up maybe, see what happens. Maybe for a couple games, but certainly not for a long period yeah, of time. Forever, he was here though. for two games. He, did, he, he was called up for three games and got sent back. He, might he didn't even back. play in the first one. He might come he back because this is a borderline playoff team. He's not going to play a feature role in a Stanley Cup team. He's just an entertaining guy who might be able to play a role at some point. See, you're, you add this whole thing of entertainment. You know what's entertaining? winning hockey games. Well, that's not going to happen consistently. I like that. <laughs> that's my favorite that's part. That's clearly not who this team is yet because you're still finding but, out what is Lindblom, so he's not here yet. You already know what Goldborn is, so I if know, you but, need him to do that one thing, you ask him to do it because I don't want Lindblom getting punched in the face. That's well, bad. No, he shouldn't be punched in the face, but, why, but if we're okay with finding out what Goldborn is, why don't we find out what Lindblom is on the fourth line? We already know what Goldborn is. He can come do this one thing. But the We're thing, still but what is out, the is thing? Is Lindblom going to be a first liner? Is Lindblom going to be a third liner who can score a little bit? Is he going to be just a nice second liner? So You're then we're back. All that out. Still. So then we're back to a fourth line checking line. We ha- we, fucking late 90s so we're ne- we're ne- we got never going to win a You know cup what it is? We got, to watch, we got to watch a great fourth line. We literally got to watch a great fourth line at the start mm-hmm. of the year in Scott Law and Michael Roffle, Terrell Lear. That's how you make a good fourth the line. Honeybees, there, if is, you there is no Tyrell Goldborn on a great they NHL fourth line. They won two games line. in November, too? What? They won two games in And you're blaming that on the fourth line? You're, you're not like, oh, this great fourth line. Yeah. That well, they did played such well during that stretch, us, That we were winning games. And they were, all the, they were also the fourth line during the entirety of October when we were all when excited about this team. they were a 500 team. team. And we were all pumped about this team. Like, they were a 500. Like, they were okay. The first line was really good. Mm-hmm. The fourth line was really good. The, the second and third line sucked. That's, we I had multiple shows on this. So you can't then go back, turn the clock back and say, well, actually, it was the fourth line's fault because they didn't win games. No, we already pinpointed why they didn't win games back then. And it wasn't the fourth line. No, because... 
because the fourth line should have just been getting more time. It shouldn't have been the fourth line. That was the problem. I can't worry about the fourth line when the second and third line suck. Now they don't suck. We can give the fourth line well, this time. Lawton <laughs> just needs to be your 2C right now. So he's not a fourth liner. We had guys who were better than their role playing in roles because we're like, oh, Nolan Patrick. Yeah, him and Phil Bullock can be middle six centers. Clearly, that was not the case for most of this season. My point is, though, is that Scott Lawton on a great team is a fourth line center. So I have no problem with him being groomed as a fourth line center because that that's a role. That now, now I'm actually getting to the point where I can understand why there's a role because Scott Lawton on a great team, on a cup contender, is a 4C. He's an awesome 4C on a cup contender. Tyrell Goldborn is not an awesome 4 left wing on a cup contender, so why are we bothering giving him time when that's literally, as you said, the 12th forward, which is the least important player on a team? If you There's, there's no reason to waste ice time when you're in the phase the Flyers in right now where you're developing, where you're trying to build for the future. There's no reason wasting ice time on a guy who is not good enough to be part of that future. It's a waste of it's a waste of ice time. It's a waste of assets. It's a waste of everything. It solves nothing aside from making fans feel a little bit happier on a game-by-game basis when he hits someone. Yep. Speaking of, let's talk about Brandon Manning and why he's playing for Travis Sanheim. <laughs> mm. So See, that makes no sense to me because you have a clearly better player. So going one yeah. guy is clearly better than the other. So going to the Travis Anaheim thing, I, I, I talked about this in one of my recent articles. Um, I think there's two elements to this, and I think they're they're distinct because there's two reasons to get angry about this. One I think is totally valid, and that's what Bill's speaking to, which is. The Flyers are a better team if Travis Sanheim's on the ice versus Brandon Manning. I think the Flyers are a better team if Travis Sanheim's on the ice over Andrew McDonald, too. But that's another story entirely. Um, and if that's what you're mad at, yes. Get angry. You should be angry. It's a dumb roster decision. What I do think, though, is that I don't think this that, that Travis Sanheim sitting for a week is like killing his development. Like I don't think this is the end of the world for him. Because I've been seeing a lot on Twitter about how people are like, well, just send him down to the AHL if he's not going to play. Well, well, he would kick the that shit. That does nothing. He for would his kick the either. shit out of the AHL. Yeah. Like, yeah. His yes, he would be best suited playing. But I still believe I believe that him practicing with an NHL team and sitting in meetings and learning systems and going over pregame scouting, I think that's more valuable for his development than playing in a league that he's better than. Yeah. Not Hackstall systems, though. <laughs> That's all bad. No, I I, I, I I mean, I would say, though, that if, if he's going to be... Yes, it's only been a week, but if it's going to be persistent, I don't... I, I, I feel like if he, gets, if he gets 60 games or more this year, I'm happy. I yeah. would rather him get more than that, but if he gets at least 60 games this year, I'm happy. He's got a little over 30 so far. So he basically needs another 30 the rest of the way, and I'm... At this point, I don't see any reason why he won't get that. Even even if you assume that the Flyers coaching staff is just, you know, well, we're just not going to play Travis Sanheim because we got to have these guys in the lineup. Even if you assume that, like, somebody's going to get hurt. Defenseman always gets hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's going to get back in the lineup just because of that. But that. So just keep him around until somebody gets hurt. Brandon Manning playing on the power play. Oh, that's, boy. that's insane. It's that's the craziest shit insane. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so... At least Pagoudis out there. Like, so yeah, you know Knobloch is now time, on the but, list. Yeah, is it is it time to start questioning what the hell Knobloch is doing? Because he's put... Dale Weiss and well, Brandon Manning. Well, now, and Letera. Now right? Yuri Letera is an all-situations player. Did you notice that? Yes. He plays like oh, a penalty kill, power play, and five-on-five. Five. And he's probably the worst player on the Flyers. Yes. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I will say right now, I'd rather... If I you were to give team. me a choice, Dale Weiss, Andrew McDonald, like one of those one-gotta-go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- <laughs> Weiss, Weiss, McDonald, Manning, F-M-K. and, and Letera. <laughs> 
Goodbye, you Carol's the one that has to go. <laughs> I, will, I will suffer those other three. Maybe it's because I'm just more used to them. And, like, I got a thing with Dale Weiss. Like, I just complain about him nonstop, and it's fun for me. I think but you like, like his face. I just, I kind of... I gotta get rid of this guy. He's terrible. <laughs> He's very, very <laughs> bad. You see him in all situations, but yeah, the I think what infuriated me the most. How did they go from hating him? Like, no, he's not even gonna play. Like, we are now not gonna ev- play this guy. He's everywhere, and now he's playing everywhere. Connectney's not playing on the power play, which is awesome. Later- that's we got Connectney on the top line. Like, all right, we're finally gonna use Travis Connectney. Clearly, the coach doesn't have a problem with him anymore. He's playing with the two best forwards. Uh, yeah, he's not on nah. power play. It's insane. We but, need more shooters. But what yep. infuriates me the most about this Manning move is that, like, for months, I justified the fact that Travis Sanheim was not on power play, too, because my thought process was, it looks like Knobloch is totally on board with this. It has to be four forwards and one defenseman mm-hmm. on the power play. And I understood that. Like, statistically, the 4-4, four, 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 one defenseman structure does perform better from a shot and goal creation standpoint over the three four drew defense and i was like okay i i love travis sandham on the power play i can understand why people want him on the power play i wouldn't have a problem with it but i get why he's not on there so then you break that you break that that structure that you stuck with the entire year for brandon manning brandon manning for Br- brandon manning's the guy who's like nope you know we, we stuck with this all year but we got that brandon manning in the power play so we're going to three four two defensemen to get brandon manning on I'm the sticking, power play i need sticking, the glue baby i'm sticking optimistic with just sanheim sitting i kind of believe he might be a little banged up and they're like okay let's give him a couple days then the bye week and then we'll see what happens if he's not if he's still not in then i'm like okay they just don't know what see, I, doing I think with it's, him. it's more because they they probably only intended to keep him out for a little bit and, and then, then they then won, then they won yeah. a couple games and it was all right. Well, we're not going to change the lineup until. But like, but the, we call up Goldberg. But, but it's also like it, it's the flyer. The energy. Like yeah. it, people are saying, well, if they just keep winning, they're they're never going to bring Santa back. And like, have you watched this team? Yeah, they're not. Do you really think they're going to keep winning? Yeah, what do you that's mean keep winning. Not like, happen. I, I just I can't. And Konechny, that's the thing, is he's also looked good now. Like, he's actually performed mm-hmm. like the player we wanted him to perform like. He had that goal against the Islanders. He's picked up some points. Like, How are you keeping him off the power play? It's it's kind of ridiculous, and I guess it's all it goes back to structure. Like they want that big body forward in the front of the net, even though the big body forward can't do anything Remember other than Ryan just have White. a big body. But Konechny, you know, kind of uses a transition. Konechny has looked really good on the top line. That's been one of the yeah. positives over yeah. the last few weeks is that he's really stood out there. He's he's done a really good job in my mind of replicating to a degree what Voracek brought to that line in terms of generating controlled zone entries and carrying the puck and creating space for his linemates just because he can just strip just flat out control the puck around the offensive mm-hmm. zone and allow Gaturia to get to the front. It's funny with Konechny, like for months we kind of like to use the, you know, well Patrick's only struggling because his line mates suck. Like maybe we were right, but we had the wrong player. Like maybe mm-hmm. Konechny was the guy who was sucking because of his line mates. Because if you look at his four most frequent line mates this year, they're Valtteri Filippo, Dale Weiss, Sean Gaturier, and then Nolan Patrick. Like that's three guys who have not played well. And then the one guy who he's been with who has played well this year, Gaturier, Konechny's been awesome with. Yeah. So maybe Konechny just needed better line mates. I and mean, it, it's quite possible, but I would argue that Nolan Patrick also maybe needed, also needs. I mean, it would help. And then we get to the point of when we were talking about the top nine earlier this season and how it's really a top eight and Dale Weiss. Yeah. There yeah. just aren't enough good <laughs> players to go around at this point. Right. But, yeah, with with Konechny, um, it's kind of like 
he's basically by the stats the same guy as he was last year, which in a sense should worry you. But if he keeps trending in this direction, I'm expecting those numbers will get much better than they were last. And year. last year he scored a decent amount to start yeah. the year, and then it kind of fell off. I think he really wore down at the end of the year. Then they had him on the fucking fourth line with Van Develde and Belmont. Yeah, that so was, well, that he, was insane. What was he going to do? There? <laughs> it was that, but that was insane. But with Konechny, I I've liked what I've seen so so far. I guess not so far, but over the last two or three weeks with him, I wish they would give him a bigger role in the power play. I'm 100% with you there, but got to have Brandon Manning and Yuri Letera on there. <laughs> it's so goddamn hilarious. You got to have the glue. And that's like everyone's, oh, Knobloch's going to fix it. Well, well, actually, he might be bad, too. Looks like he <laughs> fell down and hit his head and woke up in Dave Haxtell's hand. Yeah. Uh, but Sounds like a GM problem. Mm. Sounds like an organizational philosophy. I read an article about how Chris Pronger wants to be a GM, just saying. I mean, no he, more he, he'll absolutely get a job. No, he's definitely going to get a job. He, for he, sure, he played but, hockey. Yeah. So therefore, he will always have a job in an organization. Oh, for sure. I love these like these guys. Go, it's just I'm going to run the Department of Player Safety and, and now I'm going to run a team. An and, endless circle like, jerk of just ex-players and players' dads and players' friends. And, but don't you dare be a, a GM's or assistant GM's wife. Like God no, forbid, you try that. to call a game. Oh, no, God forbid, you're a woman doing anything. You don't anything have any. How could you be hockey? impartial with your feelings and your emotions? That's too much. You get um, to hear all the secrets after the the naughty yeah. time. Like oh, you drag you them out be with your parts. So <laughs> they draw out the secrets. There's a player on this team. I said in the no beginning one knows of the what we're year, talking about. That's okay. Uh, no, they know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. There's a player on this team. I said in the beginning of the year, I'm not. I don't hate him. Like, I don't hate that he's here because it's just for one year. And Who when he showed about? up, when he showed up last year, he fixed a problem that the team had, and it was three functional centers. Once Philpola got here, it was, oh, yeah, that was the problem. They didn't have functional centers, and now they do. And the team was better after he got here, even though he wasn't specifically great. Uh, but as a 3C, it was fine. This year, however... Charlie, you have here, Philpola is a problem. And <laughs> <laughs> that appears to be the hmm, Elaborate. Philpola has been, uh, over the last couple of weeks, like the player who has hurt my eyes the most to watch. Yeah. And I think that just, for me, it's just my blood is boiling every time I watch him play. Partially because like I'm looking at the numbers and literally since the start of December, he's been with Jake Voracek and Michael Roffel. Both guys are really good at driving play, and that line has gotten torched. And two, yeah, two torched. guys who were having and still are having good years, yeah. but like n all of a sudden, not near the pace they were. But like it just sort of hit me, and this it was over this past week when I was watching the games, like it it, it kind of went over my head for a while because when he has the puck and he's moving, he doesn't look bad. Like when he's carrying the puck through the middle of the ice, you're like, yeah, he looks, he basically looks like Valtteri Philpa. Looks like the guy I remember from Detroit and Tampa. He looks pretty good. He's not what he used to be. He looks pretty good. You watch him try to chase down pucks from Oof. from either a slow, like a slow stride or a stop position. He is cooked. His acceleration is gone. And the more I watch him, the more I see how many puck races and puck battles he loses because he just can't get there anymore. And it just again, we talked about this last week, but I hope to God they don't resign him because I think oh, he's, I think he's finished. They can't possibly, right? Well, mm. <laughs> Delwies. Yeah, this is one of those places where I get super nervous about Ron Hextall because we've seen what he does with NHL talent, and they like Philpola. I mean, yeah. they're still using him a lot, and that that's the concern of mine. And that's uh, when I was talking about Lawton as the four C earlier. He's 
got to be the 2C on this team at this point. Like, no, that's not going to be his role moving forward. Like you said on a good team, sure, yes, he's a very good 4C. Uh, but right now, it's him. Like, it's it's Couturier and him, and that's it at this point. And you're hoping Patrick, Patrick at the end of the year. You're hoping at the end again, of the year yes. he's he's what he's no, closer to what you're hoping. I, I've said many times I'm not in love with Patrick this year, but I have very little concern about his long-term potential. Uh, uh, he's already trending in the right direction. And as the 3C with Lawton, I think it'll be fine. But you have to bump Philpola down. He's on the last year of a deal. He's given you nothing. Like, what's the point? To me, the thing is, is that showcasing. I just mm. there's. I don't know what else you can do for. Him. Like, like you get. You literally gave him Jake Voracek, a first line winger, and then you gave him Michael Roffel, one of the best play driving wingers in the team, and he's still getting torched. Like, I don't know what else you can do for. Like, with with somebody like Nolan Patrick, you'd be like, okay, well, we could give him. You know, we've never really given him Jake Voracek. We don't know how he'd do with mm -hmm. Jake Voracek. We don't know how he'd do with Michael Roffel. We don't know how he would do with Claude Giroux. Like. He might be better if we even better line mates. Sure. They've given Philpool a good line mate. He's mm -hmm. still been bad. So, like, even assuming they do let him go at the end of the year, like, what do you do with him the rest of the year? Like, how do you get more out of a guy who's, I mean, he's your he's your he's one of your middle six centers until April, and we're talking about, hey, maybe they can make a playoff push, but, like, how do you get more out of a Terry Philpool? Because if he's the guy he was from the start of December to, you know, to right before the bye week, like, I don't know what you do to salvage him. I mean, does it matter, though? Because if they do sneak in, it's going to be the second wild card. Fair. We're going to beat Tampa. Okay. Fair. Like it, I mean, it doesn't matter. We if just we, did. Well, fair. But <laughs> seven games, not, not We chance. just did by a lot. It's, they have, in recent years, matched up with Tampa pretty well. And a lot of it just has to do with Sean Couturier. You have, if your firepower shows up, you can kind of throw Couturier out there and be like, you have to play your best game. And then hopefully it, it's... It, Okay, we have Voracek on that second line. He's not going to be, you know, he can maybe take advantage of some matchups there. And but I mean, I, I no, mean, I mean, no. In a, in a seven game series, you're probably not going to beat them. I mean, I'm yeah. very much one of these people who's like, when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Seven game series, whatever. Tampa is so much better than this the, team the, the, on yeah. paper and on ice. There's just, it's. I mean, come on. And that's something like, their wanted... whole top line would have to go down with injury for us to even have a fighting chance against them. I mean, Stamkos. Very entry prone. <laughs> That's something I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, it's something that has been coming up on the post games a lot. Maybe, uh, maybe Steph, you've had it and Kill, you've had it. People who ask, what's the point? If we're just going to run into Tampa and we're going to run into Washington, like whoever, and it's going to just be a, a first round exit, what's the point? I mean, and my fun. answer, my answer to that question is, I'd rather watch 86 games than 82. Yeah, I mean, come, it's fun, but I mean, if we're if we're being realistic evaluating what this team is going to be. Sure, it'll be fun if they sneak in and play a couple and of games against Tampa I, in the playoffs. But no, I'm on the complete opposite side. There is no point and they shouldn't be trying. You should be trying to get the higher draft pick because this team is bad. But what is the point? Like they have so many God damn, I'm tired of prospects. We have all the prospects in the world. We're never going to see all these prospects. Well, right. that's because <laughs> the GM won't bring them up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, when this team is good in two or three years, we're going to trade these prospects for the holes that we need to fill. Like, we just got the second exactly. overall pick. What is the point of more prospects? I to want use to them as trade pieces. We have enough for trade pieces mm -hmm. at this point. Well, do we, have we, enough, have we have enough for trade pieces right now. Do we have enough for trade pieces two, three years from now? Who knows? That's why you 
need to keep doing this. It's not just, all yeah, right, I don't think well, you can stop, ever have too many. Stop because now you've got enough prospects and, and you don't need any more. Like, I mean, it needs still to gonna, be continuous. And, and now they haven't had any prospects for like the past four years. Like there hasn't been anybody that's like a come decade. out. Like it's been a really, really long time. It's, you still are going to get the draft in the first round. You have two first round picks this season. They have all these guys. You have undrafted free agents you can sign. They have so many outlets to continually bring in more guys and and restock. I just don't see the point. I'd rather Nolan Patrick get his feet wet in the playoffs. I'd rather see Scott Lawton in a featured role rather than in a fourth-line role. I'd just rather see Haig and Sanheim get their feet wet in the playoffs than just say, oh, yeah, we're going to draft six instead of 16th. Like, uh, that, that, I'd rather that does nothing draft for me. six than 16. Like, I would rather do that every day of the week. I don't know how and deep this draft is. I would also – it's better than last year from what yeah. I hear. Um I would also like to see some of the kids actually playing significant minutes this yeah, year. That would be as nice. opposed to sitting in the press box. Like that's the point of it. That's what it's for. I, I guess the the thing is though is like, I guess you could. Ha- I think you could have both in an ideal world because I think the team is better with the kids playing, and that would therefore make it more likely you get to the playoffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> what but, a crazy but, idea! Charles. But um, I think truthfully, the best argument for why you know the best argument for why the you t- people might be better off rooting for the Flyers to miss the playoffs is that if they make the playoffs, like if you're convinced that Dave Haxall is not the right coach for this team, if they make the playoffs, that makes them look good. And that makes it less likely that he will be let go. So if if you are certain, if you're certain Mm -hmm. that Dave Haxall is not the right guy, you kind of want the team to fail because you figure that as long as he's there, they're not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't, making the playoffs with a borderline playoff team be success and wouldn't that be their successful moving forward like that's rooting for the team to fail just for them to fail well, I, I, I think no, the way to, it's much more, to fire the coach yeah it's more like take one step back to take two steps forward but that that's the theory that behind for it. four years like so we're just okay we're gonna start over with a new coach and then no one's gonna like him because you know, random prospect b isn't playing even though the first four in front of them are or maybe or maybe, get, or maybe they will because yeah. he's good uh, yeah, <laughs> what are the chances of that? Most coaches are bad. Is Mike Babcock coming here? Oh, no. Mike Babcock sits young kids, too. Happens all the time. Travis Kennedy's playing on the first line. Ivan Provorov's playing 25 minutes a game. Ghost is on the first pair now. Haig Ghost plays every night. Ghost isn't a kid anymore. Yeah, he's an old man. He's a third-year player. Well, like, he's not a veteran like Brandon Matt. Yeah. That's true. Not a blue <laughs> guy. They are playing young guys. Scott Lawton is here, and he's like improving. Also not a kid anymore. He's a first-round pick who never got a shot, really, until this year, and he's I mean, improved. He played an entire season. Yeah, and doing nothing, and he's improved. That doesn't mean that he he's didn't get a shot because he did nothing. He got and a he, shot. He just did nothing with it. He's improved under this coaching staff. He improved mm. in Lehigh Valley. He didn't improve because uh, Under of this, this organization's coaching staff. Coaching yes, staff. Dave or, under the organization, I wouldn't say it was Dave Haxtall. It was it was Scott Gordon. And that's why— oh, I actually choose we're keeping to believe guys that it was AHL, Riley Kote. And that's bad, even though Scott Lawton— Proof of keeping guys in the AHL. And I don't know. I don't know what argument you're trying to make now. Say, I, it, how I mean, you're, you're making like six at the same how time. How bad is this know. coach really? Like, we don't bad. really know yet. They've had bad no, players. No, 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 no. You we know. know. We know. Because you he's, know. Been here. he's been here I for three years. And... and they've made the playoffs once. They didn't another time. And they could this year. So two out of three years, they make the playoffs. With no, 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 no. Do not. Team. Don't even call this year a given. Because there's a I'm lot of time. No, you didn't. You just said two years they make the playoffs. You said that. I said first year they did. 
Second year, they didn't. This year, they could. And then the following sentence was two years, you make the playoffs. If they make it two out of three years and we're saying, oh, he's a terrible coach. They've had borderline playoff talent and he's gotten to the playoffs two out of three years. Then you still want him fired. No, but I think the point is that he's garbage. This year should have been, I think, a little bit more of a sure thing than it has been. I think, I think it could fair. have been had better choices been made. I I, I do believe yeah, that. Yeah, if Nolan Patrick was no, better, no, you had no, three no, 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 sure. no, 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 if, no, if, no. If you have if you have three guys, the Flyers right now have a, they're in a situation where they have what the third best scorer in the league, like the fifth best scorer in the league, and a guy who might win the Selkie. Like if you have that kind of top end talent, you really should be able to put together a roster below them that is basically a playoff lock. Yeah. And with the talent they have, you would think that you could get more out of that talent. Now, not, that's not to say that the talent they have below those guys is amazing. It's not. It's certainly not cup contender level, but it's not this bad. No, and you're seeing that now because guys who were supposed to have good years are improving. Nolan Patrick, seven or second overall pick, makes the team. I don't care if you're 19 or not. You should be better than like the worst scoring rookie in the league. Jordan Wheel, we all expected something good out of him. He's finally starting to show up. Scott Lawton, starting to do stuff. Uh, Wayne Simmons, he didn't really show up in the first half after the first six games of the season. He's starting to produce, and that's the Wheel-Patrick-Simmons line. Looking good now. They're winning that's not on the coach. That's on the players just not doing their part. I think it's fair to say that that you can... Hey, that, McDonald that, is that a stupid-ass decision. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that you that you can reassess Haxel at the end of the year. I mean, I've made this, this argument in my columns where basically that... If they weren't going to fire him at the end of the ten at the ten game losing streak, you might as well keep him for the rest of the year and then make an evaluation over of how he's done over the course of the three seasons. I thought and, they and, had and, a window and, and missed it, and it's still an incomplete. We're not at the end of the season yet. I don't want them to fire Haxel midseason because I don't see the point. However, right now, if I'm looking at how he's performed over the the two and a half years he's been coach, I would say I don't believe he deserves a fourth year now. That could change if they go on a run in the second half, if things if things change. But at the same time, I don't think you can be certain that, like, well, you know, if they make the playoffs, then Hackstall. Like, if they make the playoffs, but, like, Brian Elliott carries them in the playoffs, I don't know. Yeah. But that's a different – that's evaluation of – Yeah, it's okay, evaluation. Of, we're we're a, talking theoretical. Yes, if a couple of guys just have insane years, like his first year, Braden Shen, second half of the season, point-of-game player – Ghost comes up, takes the league by storm. They get into the playoffs because of that. If, say, like Brian Elliott carries them and they really don't belong there, that's one thing. If it's a, if they actually look like a playoff team to all of us, I can't go ahead and say, oh, yeah, it's all the, the coach has to go. Maybe if they make the playoffs and they don't, I can still come to the conclusion he needs to be fired. I believe they had a window to fire him and missed it, and now I'm willing to give him the rest of the year before I assess him, uh, reassess him. Did we talk about something happy? Such as? Life is garbage. There's nothing happy. Claude Drew is an all-star. Yeah, That's he is fun. an all-star, and he's good again. He is very good again. You know who else is good? Who's that? Sean Couturier. Is this true? I heard it's true. So, so let's hear these, the scoring pace. 42 points through 42 games for Sean Couturier on pace for 45 goals. That seems A pretty good. A guy whose career high was 15. He's going to add 30? 
Potentially three and times it, like, that pace doesn't look like it's going down anytime soon because like we said Claude Giroux bouncing back in a major way not just bouncing back Claude Giroux on pace for his best scoring season ever a guy who was a legitimate MVP candidate his 93 point year with Hartnell and Yager. Looks like he could be- beat that by like 10 points. So th- the one concern, and I'm, I'm thrilled. Like I could not be happier that Claude Drew is doing awesome. I could not be happier that Sean Gattari is finally having the breakout off as a season we hoped he could have for years. This does kind of throw a wrench into the idea of they're going to have a great second half. Because logically, Claude Drew logically is not going to have his best scoring season at age 30. Like, he could. Like he could. It's happening. But it's, it seems unlikely. So it seems... More probable that in the second half, these top scores are going to decline a bit, at least in terms of their pace. So you're basically, if if you're expecting the Flyers going to be better second half than they did a first half, you have to hope that the secondary guys get improved so much to make up for the likely drop off you're going to see from Drew Voracek Ateria. I think the most likely drop is as much as I've enjoyed Brian Elliott this year. Will he continue to be as good as he is playing the number of games he's playing? Oh, yeah, they clearly insane. have. Yeah, they, they got to give him a break. They have <laughs> no interest in playing Michael Neuvert. Which is hilarious, given that last year he was Hackstall's guy, and then Hackstall gave him a raise and an it's extension. That shit that worries me about Hackstall more mm-hmm. than anything. Like, is this really, like, in two years, are you going to be handling Carter Hart? Yeah, like, that's no. That's the thing that no. concerns me about Hackstall more than I want him far anything. the fuck away from Carter Hart. Like, <laughs> like, really, really far away from him. Yep. Yeah, I said <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I, I did. I like to steal people's thoughts. It's a thing that I do. <laughs> I said that. Um, no, Brian Elliott is not going to be able to continue this pace for the rest of the season. At 33? Well, because Dave Hackstall is going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to just fall over and die. Dave Hackstall is a bad coach. Um there's there's no doubt in my mind that Brian Elliott told them he was not showing up on Sunday for the second <laughs> half of back to back. Like if they didn't start Michael Neuver, there's no doubt in my mind that Brian Elliott was just like, no, I'm yeah. not, I'm just not coming. Please, you guys. <laughs> unless unless I'm team. sitting on the bench, I am not coming. And that strategy of putting Neuver in kind of contradicted what they did against Buffalo last time, where they're like, yes, it's a back to back, but. We can't lose to Buffalo, and if Neuvert plays, that's a legitimate possibility. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a funny story about the uh, the last I love game. Charlie stories. So Neuvert, you know, Neuvert obviously plays the Buffalo game. It's the last game before the bye week, so obviously a lot of these guys are going on vacations and stuff. Uh, Neuvert comes out. He comes out in like a full on suit, and he's got a coat on for his interview because you always interview the goalie. You always ask for immediate access to the goalie after a game. And he's like, guys, you got to got to hurry up. I got to catch a plane in like 45 minutes or something. He must have been so certain that he was never going to get to play hockey that he booked his flight under the assumption that he was not playing in that last game. (laughs) I'm convinced that he's like, this coach is never going to play me. So I'm going to get a head start on my vacation. Oh, shit. They're actually giving me a start. How am I going to get on the flight? (laughs) That is awesome. That is hilarious. I didn't even shower. (laughs) That is so good. It is. Uh, how are they going to like, they have to, if this team is legitimately in playoff position, they have to bring in a like suitable backup, right? They have a suitable backup. They just have to use him. They don't. (laughs) 
Well, and is he like, yes, that was, there have been two Neuverts and like last year we got bad Neuvert pretty much all year. The year before Neuvert's first year, again, looked good most of the year and was good in the playoffs. We've had good and bad Neuvert this year. That sent that first St. Louis game. He was good Neuvert. Uh, last game, he was good Neuvert. But for the most part, so fun had bad. How, can they trust? Him? So, so fun fact, who has the highest save percentage on the Flyers right now? It's Michael Neuvert. It's not Brian Elliott. Yeah, because he's played nine games. Small sample I'm, size, Charles. I, I don't disagree, but my point is, is you're like, well, can we trust our backup? No. That's why he's a backup. Well, yeah, that's You can never thing. trust backups, but you still got to play them sometimes. You got to play them sometimes in the regular season, but if this team gets into the playoffs, they're not playing Michael Neuvert a single time. Well, sure. No no one plays their backups in the that's playoffs. That's what I mean. I'm, not, I, yeah. I'm not concerned about the playoffs. And, I'm, I'm agreeing with Stefan that you can't have a 33-year-old goalie playing 65 games. And that's the issue. <laughs> and as we saw... No one plays their backup in the playoffs. The last time this team was in the playoffs, who got them there? Steve Mason. Who won them a game? Michael Neuvert. It, it, sure, I doubt Brian Elliott's going to let in a goal from center ice. Still better. But, <laughs> but if that happens and the team loses, con- I, I do believe this team likes Elliott more than Mason. I think they would have to. Uh, but I, I just... If they have no interest in playing their backup, they have to go out and get another backup. No, because if they get another backup, the same is going to happen. Haxel's still not going to have any faith in the backup because he's literally never seen him play, and we're going to have the same issue. The Flyers already have a competent backup. They just need to use him. Like, I, I don't know... I don't know how many different ways I can say this. They're paying an above-average backup, above-average backup money to be an above-average backup, but they are not playing the above-average backup. I just think it's... I think it just comes into injury history. They just don't trust him to stay healthy. Well, more than anything. He's a backup. Let him play 25 games. It I didn't mean, work last year. <laughs> thing, like, he I can play 25 games. I honestly don't even care what he does when he's in there, but Brian Elliott needs a rest every now and then. Like, give him every fourth game but off. But that's or the other issue is because they have no faith in him and you're a borderline playoff team. So if the goal is to make the playoffs, you can't give away points. Well, and playing him, they believe, could be giving away points. Yeah, but if you play a guy, if you play a 33 year old in what would it, what it get you? Like 16 straight games? 16. By the end, by the end of that run, he's dead. He's worse than your backup oh, because you've run him into the ground. I agree. I just. <laughs> If they don't believe in Neuvert, then they have to say we need someone we believe in. If they didn't believe in Neuvert, they should not have extended him Mm. last year after they already knew what they were getting. They already knew what kind of goaltender he was. And he had worked under Hackstall for an entire season. If they didn't trust him, they had no business extending him. Yep. None. And if and if the and if you want to try and tell me that it was their their strategy to protect Stolars, number one, I don't believe it. Number two, how's that working out? Yeah, not great. That's all I'm saying. Like this 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 team knew exactly what they were getting because it wasn't a shot in the dark, and they did it anyway. This again is a coach problem. If they go out and get another backup goaltender, the coach is still going to be the problem. Yeah, there's nothing new with Michael Neuver. No, no, I, not a not new so thing much at all. Protect yeah. Stolars. I do believe. They wanted to play Stolarz this year, and him getting hurt threw a real wrench in that. I mean, I mean how sure. could how could they have played him when they had two goalies on contract in the NHL? They were just going to wait till Neuver got hurt. <laughs> they didn't yeah. have two goalies yeah. when he got hurt, though. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. They signed Elliot. I think before they had signed Elliot. They signed Elliot during the season. 
No, they didn't. They signed him in the first day of free agency. Was it? Yeah. Well, they they had they agreed to a deal with him like in principle the week before free agency, and did. then announced it the week of. They signed Neuvert at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. They trade. Yeah, when they decided, okay, this that's will- hold on. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. Neuvert. They signed Neuvert during the season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. So I just mm-hmm. screwed up. I just wasn't paying enough attention to who we were <laughs> no, actually yeah. talking about. They went out and got Elliot, I think, to be a number one when they were like, oh, a tandem's not going to work. See, I, I I disagree. I think they got Neu- I think they got Elliot because they figured it was going to be a 1A, 1B. Yep. And then Haxall fell in love with Elliot. Understandably, Elliot's played better than Neuvert, but like Haxall apparently is incapable of... Like, the Flyers, it's weird because Hexall has this big thing where I wanted to be a tandem. And in the end, the Neuvert-Mason thing, it always looked like a tandem at the end of the year. But was it really? Like, it really, like, it's a tandem. Like you rode one into the ground, yeah. and then they got hurt, That's and not, then you yeah. rode the other one into That's the ground. That's not a tandem. And the other right. one came back. And a, then a tandem is like... Over and over. Like... One guy gets three games, the next guy gets two games. A tandem is not one guy gets 15 games and the next guy gets 10 games. All right, quick yeah, wrap, no. wrap up before we end the show. What Does anyone know what we're at right now? Uh, I like, think we're, 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 we're around we're, an hour. Yeah, okay. yeah we're way oh, over. I f- Man. Carter, when do we expect to see Carter Hart? Just Next year. I just remembered <laughs> what my what my quick hit was going to be. What Say was it now. I am so fucking excited to go to Las Vegas with you people. <laughs> like, I am so excited to go to Las Vegas next month. Mo- next month. With these three and with the thousand other Flyers fans that are coming. I still like, can't wrap my brain around that number of 1, people. 1,000. 1,000. That's pretty crazy. People. It's, what? 1,000 Flyers fans are going to be in Las Vegas for that game. And, I mean, before that, like the weekend. We're all taking a long weekend. Yeah, the watch party. In Vegas together. And if, if you are have been interested but weren't quite sure whether you wanted to pull the trigger like come to this event it is going to be so much fun like i I, i'm so excited i'm so excited this is the only thing i have good in my life right now and i'm so excited just you know keep your electrolytes up bring you know hydrate Gatorade on the there's a cvs right next to <laughs> paris on the strip and that's where we're all staying like just get gatorade yeah be fun. uh check in with fans of philly they've got a few different packages and, and come with us it's gonna be a lot of fun and that is all the time we have for you on bsh radio this week thank you so much for listening thank you to charlie and kelly and steph my name is bill Matz. have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>